All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week three of our series entitled Not Okay. And each week, I want to welcome particularly the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and the St. Tammany Parish Jail that are watching us live each week. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Man, we're so honored to have all of you with us. Well, as I've said the last few weeks, we have been preparing uh, for this series nearly a year. Every year during this time of the year, we do what's called a community series. And I want to just tell you, it's three parts. Number one, uh, at six weeks on the weekend, I teach a series. And, it, and, and the messages, and it's interesting, the messages are connected to. And a lot of people have asked us, so, so are we studying like something different in the small group? You're actually studying the same topic, a different aspect, different scriptures. So everybody say weekend message. Okay, number two is our small group. I want to again thank all the small group leaders. Uh, we have nearly 10,000 people in small groups all over uh, the regions and the campuses where we are. Also people around the world that have really tied in through our Zoom groups. And so we have small groups. And then number three, and by the way, all the campuses, pick up a book. They're free. Just pick one up on the way out. Uh, I wrote a devotional. It's a 40-day devotional. And so weekend messages, small group devotional, all of them reinforce the topic for the week. Last week, we talked about emotional health. And we're getting honest, by the way, in this series. We're, 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 this is a transparent series. And the reason why that's important is because you've got to admit where you are. In other words, you've got to admit the pain of where you are so that you can step into a brighter future, so that you can step into health. Until you admit pain, you can't step into health. Week one, we talked about spiritual health. We talked about the importance of being born again. Last week, I began on emotional health and mental health. Got a lot of feedback. I'm going to encourage you, if you didn't see the message or you weren't attending one of our physical locations, you go online, download that, and watch that. Today, I'm going to kind of take up part two of emotional health and spiritual health. I'm going to talk about a tie here, and I want to say this. I'm going to ask one question, just one question. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand a whole bunch, but how many of you remember in week one, I talked about the importance in 2021, this is important, the importance of 2021 of being born again. How many of y'all are born again? Can you just raise your hand? Now, I know some of you may think, what is he talking about? You got to watch week one. <laughs> Jesus said this. Here's what he said. He says that we're born once from our mother's womb. We're born from water. But when you trust Christ as your Savior, you are born, everybody say it, again. Isn't that cool? So you're born once in the natural way, but when you trust Christ as your Savior, you are born again. This time from above, spiritually speaking. Now here's the good news. First John says this, and I want to encourage everybody, regardless of how your year was in 2020, we all had challenges, all of us faced challenges. Here's the good news for the believer. Here's what the scripture says. First John chapter five, verse four, for everyone who is, there it is, everyone who is born of God, everybody that is born again, overcomes the world. Doesn't mean challenges don't come. By the way, the word overcome. That means adversity has come, challenges have come, trials have come, but through the power of Christ, we have overcome. Does that make sense? The Bible says, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, our faith in Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about stress and time. It's really part two of emotional health. And here's why. 
I believe that God not only wants us to grow spiritually in 2021, but he wants us to grow emotionally and mentally in health. And one of the things that we've got to understand if we want to be emotionally healthy in 2021 is we've got to understand stress, mental health, how it impacts that, and how it really relates to this whole concept of time. And I'm going to unpack that for you. Now, again, I've been very transparent about different times in my life where I burned out. One time, big time, 2010. And the different steps and actions and practices that I had to employ. There's things that I needed to do. But there's things that I needed to stop doing. Matter of fact, I, I knew when I was really not in a good place. And maybe you can relate to this. I knew one time kind of that 2010 stage. It was just really a, a real tough time. I knew I was in trouble when I went through a drive through line at a restaurant and I told the attendant that I'll take it to go. Can I have a witness? You know that you're in trouble when you tell the person that's checking you out at Wendy's, I'll take that to go. Matter of fact, you need this message, by the way, because you've, well, you've hit some stress points. I'm going to talk to you today about stress. There's a fallacy when it comes to stress and by the way, you may have heard preachers, and by the way, I can pick on preachers, I say it respectfully, but you may have heard a preacher say, a pastor say, you know what, come this weekend, we're going to talk about how you can live a stress-free life. That's called going to heaven. Are y'all with me? There's no such thing as a stress free. Now, you can live a less stressed life, you can, live, you can learn how to manage stress better, but as long as you're in this life, matter of fact, Jesus promised you're going to have some stress. Here's what he said. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have what say it peace, but in the world, you're going to have some stress. We're going to deal with some things. Now we can do it better. We can learn how to manage it better. We can have the wisdom of God. We don't have to be under it. We can be over it, but we are going to deal with some stuff. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The key to overcoming stress is not eliminating all stress. It's biblically managing stress from God's perspective. It's how to prioritize our life in such a way that we are living with what's called the wisdom of God. That, that we're living in kingdom principles, that we're understanding how to say yes to the God things and no to maybe some good things. We are living life from God's perspective. We're living a life from a biblically informed worldview. We're making decisions according to God's word. Again, we can't exempt. Listen, nobody, I had a guy one time tell me, he says, I just feel like I'm stressed about my, my job. I'm stressed about my wife. I'm stressed about my kids. I wish I could just eliminate all stress. And here's what I said. I said, you can eliminate all stress when you die and go to heaven. But in this world, you and I are going to have stress. But we can learn how to manage it. Now, I want to just give you guys a little bit of a quiz. You don't have to raise your hand. But psychologists will tell us that stress, what is stress? Stress is the pre pressures of life and how one perceives those stressors, how one believes about it. How, by the way, what may be stressful to you may not be stressful to somebody else. A trial comes, adversity comes. What may energize one may overwhelm another. But psychologists will tell us there are certain life triggers, some things that go and happen in life that, that can, quote, induce stress. And let me just read a couple. All right, here's a list. Stress-producing situations. Here it is. Number one, 
when you get married? <clears throat> wow. Number two, when you have children, that produces stress. Number three, if you began a job or if you left a job the last 12 months, if your finances went up or if your finances went down, if you started school or ended school, if you're dating, what should we do? What should I say? Here's another one. If you've experienced a struggle in your marriage or a divorce, if you welcomed a new child into your family, wow. If you've experienced health problems or if you have faced the death of a loved one. And I want to say this as a pastor. I understand stress. On a personal level, I fit a lot of those categories. I'm married. I have children. By the way, about children, can I tell somebody? Let me expose a lie. I cannot wait till the kids graduate from high school and life gets better. How many know that's when stress really happens? Because now you got to navigate with them through college. Are y'all with me? It's like I told one of them recently. I said, like, at what point in time do I not counsel you anyway? At what point? I mean, we love you, but 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 the reality is, is that when you have children, they have different phases too. Those of you that we just went through the holidays, those of you that had made decisions, whose house do we go to or do we go to somebody's house? What about this in-law? What about that outlaw? Okay, maybe that doesn't apply. Maybe that doesn't apply. I understand stress. I understand what it is on a professional level, on a personal level. I understand the things. We have a team. We have a lot of staff. We have campuses. I've got, I, I understand stress. I've got to write, watch this, a doctoral dissertation each week and present it to a class of thousands of people and get immediate feedback on social media. Pastor was okay today. I'm like, who are they? Block them. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I get it. I understand I, 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 I get it. We can't live a stress-free life, but we can definitely live a less stressed life. Let me give you a couple of things about stress. Number one, three basic truths about stress. Not all stress is harmful. Not all stress is harmful. A certain amount of stress is good. Those of you that work out, you know how it works with, the, with your muscle fibers. When you actually work out, there's a slight tearing uh, of your muscle fibers that actually produces the opportunity for growth. So in other words, a certain amount of stress is good for you. Uh, there's a certain amount that, that produces uh, a, a, a strength in your soul. I'm not talking about that stress. That there's good stress. Certain amount, you can't exempt your life from stress, whether it's emotionally, mentally. We grow, we grow through healthy stress. Number two, too much stress, though, is harmful. Medical community will tell you that excessive stress is extremely harmful to the body and the mind. Long-term stress can affect a person's mental states, cause memory loss, anxiety, depression, addictions. By the way, you know where a lot, the root cause of addiction is, is that coping strategies that people have and they've developed based upon how to deal with the pain and stress in their lives. That's where a lot of addictive behaviors come from. Whether it's overeating, whether it's the abuse of alcohol, whether it's other illegal substances, what are you doing? You are utilizing something to medicate the pain in your life that's caused by Chronic stress. And that's why, by the way, I'm not talking about healthy stress. Specifically in this message, I want to talk about that chronic stress that penetrates to the core of your being. How can, we, how can we eliminate some of that stuff? And how can we embrace the healthy stress that causes us to grow as a human being? 
And sometimes it's just as simple as saying yes to certain things and no to others. I wonder, question, I wonder how much stress we're bringing on our own selves because we're involved in things that God never told us to be involved with. Yeah. Number three, what you perceive to be stressful may be stressful to you, but not to someone else. Our perceptions determine what we label as stressful or not stressful. There's no such thing as an event that is automatically stressful, unless, of course, unless, of course, you are a victim of a random buffalo stampede that's stressful for everyone. I want to let everybody know that. My point is, my point is, is that we have different personality types. Now, I want to just get real transparent here. You, by the way, do you know this? That, uh, and it's interesting, I've, I, I have an, my older daughter is in graduate school and uh, in California, I have no idea why she's over there. But anyway, so Louisiana's a lot better. So, so, but I have two other kids in college, and so I was sitting out, and, and, and one of my sons, and talking about classes and, and, and communication, speech. Do you know that still the number one fear of incoming freshmen into college is a freshman speech class? Do you guys know that speech class? It's like, speech, nah, I'll take physics instead. That's crazy. You do realize that. Now, here's what's interesting. Public speaking, I've been public speaking since I was three. I would invite the mailman into my house as a kid. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. It, I don't get nervous before I speak. I, I, now, I want God's help and all that. Don't misunderstand me. I want to be prayerful and reverent towards the Lord. But what I'm saying is that I, I, don't, I don't get nervous when I meet strangers. I'm an extroverted individual. So, so, but, but I realize that's my design. Some people freak out with that. So this doesn't stress me out. You want to stress something out? Have my dishwasher break. I'm like, ah! I asked my 10-year-old little Chinese scientist daughter. She goes, I said, can you help me out, please? I'll give you extra money. I'm serious. I don't know how to do anything technologically. I got a car last year. I'm like, can you read the manual and tell me how to turn on the radio? <laughs> now, you may make fun of me, but, but God will judge you. But anyway, so I'm just... <laughs> Do you all understand what I'm talking about? In other words, just because something is stressful to you doesn't mean it's stressful to somebody else. By the way, healthy marriages discern what stresses your spouse out. That'll really help you when you begin to understand, oh, okay, that stresses you out. Doesn't stress. But I, well, there are certain things that I do. There are certain things that I do that, that stress Jennifer and part of harmony in relationships we have to understand there's different people are designed differently. It's a choice though. Ultimately, it's like interesting, you know, when you when you think about it, you know, you get in, in traffic jam. How does how does one person relate to a traffic jam? One person says, ah, a traffic jam. It's not ideal, but hey, I can catch up on some work. We'll just kind of wait and hang out. Another person is like going Jerry Springer-ish, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're just going nuts, they're screaming, you know, they're cussing, they don't go to this church, but and so they're So how you relate to stress may be different than somebody else does. Why? Because stress is what you perceive to be stressful. All right, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you guys four things, and they're all taken from the life of Jesus. We believe all the scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I do like learning. And, and by the way, I'm going to be teaching during Lent, I'm going to be teaching eight weeks on the Beatitudes. I've never taught that. So it's going to be eight weeks. I'm going to go six weeks. We'll have Easter and they're actually going to finish it after that. I'm very fired up about that. But I love the words of Jesus and I love his strategy of living. I love his lifestyle. I think we forget that sometimes. We forget. We think, well, he's God. Yeah, but he was a man. 
And he had challenges. By the way, he had pressures. He was constantly, you know, dealing with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And, and he, was, he was dealing with people that were for him and against him constantly. So he had to negotiate. He, he had to negotiate life in certain ways where, where he had to understand what God had called him to be and do and accomplish. And yet, at the same time, he had a team and, of people that he traveled with and lived with. How would you like that? By the way, some of you guys that, quote, have an executive team, but you don't live with them. Jesus lived with 12 disciples for three years. How many of you know he's got some insight how to do this thing? Four things that you and I need to know in order to manage stress in our lives in 2021. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but my prayer for you as your pastor, my prayer is that you and I will learn to manage stress. Really, you can just put the word life, that we'll learn to live life better, stress better. Why? In 2021. So we can not eliminate, but we can lower our stress level so that we can increase our peace level. All right, number one, first thing that we can do if we want to manage stress better in 2021, is we've got to know our audience. We have to know who we're trying to please in life. John chapter 5, verse 30. I love this. Here's what Jesus said. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. Who's talking to him? The Father. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. I wrote this down. Jesus is saying, I live for the audience of one. In 2021, I believe as we learn to discern God's voice, as we learn to hear God's voice, as we listen, as we learn to quiet some of the other voices and amplify the ultimate voice, God's voice, who are you living for? I wonder how much stress in our life is because we're trying to please everybody. Now, I want to qualify something. I've heard pastors say, it doesn't matter what other people think. Who cares? Well, that is ridiculous. Of course, we, it, it matters what other people think. But it's secondary, not primary. You can't build a team. You can't have a family. You can't be a, a mom or dad. Of course, synergistically, collaboratively, we've got, a, we, we've got to consider what other people think. But, but what other people think is not primary in our lives. What is primary is God's voice, God's word, God, what is God saying to me? I'm always going to, we have to evaluate what is God's word to us in 2021. What is God saying? Jesus was pulled. Can you imagine being Jesus doing miracles on everybody? I mean, he couldn't even go into a public bathroom. People just try to follow him. Pray for me. You know what I'm talking about? People just following him all over the place. And yet... That was a stressful opportunity, wasn't it? How many times we involve ourselves in activities and obligations because we, we don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. We don't want to disappoint them. Nobody wants to disappoint anybody. If you just love disappointing people, you're basically a jerk. <laughs> Nobody wants to disappoint people. But we can't live life without disappointing people if we're living for the audience of one. How many times people have asked me to be involved in things? And listen, I, I, I have to make that decision. I negotiate that all the time as a pastor. As a pastor, there's things that I used to be able to do I can't do anymore. There's things that I have been asked to do that, 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 that I can do. And, and there's some things that I've been asked to do I 
can't do. But I know that if I'm going to live with manageable stress in my life, there's a voice that's got to emerge out of the crowd. Are y'all with me? There's a, more, there's a voice that's got to, that, that's why I've got to hear his voice. What does God say? Everybody say, what does God say? What is God saying about your life? What is God saying about your future? What is God telling you to do? What is God telling you to be involved with? Doesn't mean that we need to be mean or rude to people. Well, I'm not doing that because God didn't tell me I should. I'm not talking about that. Of course, we have to have etiquette. Of course, we have to have socially, we, we have to have emotional intelligence where we don't offend people by virtue of the fact that because we can. No, we've got to be kind. We've got to be gracious. But at the end of the day, we've got to obey God's voice. Whose voice are you ultimately living for? Jesus said, I could of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. Are we seeking the will of the Father? What is God saying about your life? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first, Jesus said. Seek first. Everybody say first. We seek first. It's not that we don't place an emphasis on secondary issues. It's not that we don't concern ourselves with what other people think. It's not that we don't at all at any level say, well, I, we do, but they are not primary. By the way, can I tell you one of the problems that we have today? And it's a blessing, but it's also, and I want to say it's a curse, not just a challenge. It's a curse. It's social media because everybody's got an opinion, right? Everybody's got a platform. I now have a voice to the world, everybody at any given time. And there's very little, you know, and so, so and then people just say whatever they want. And if you, if you lean into that, all right, if you lean into that, then next thing you know, so everybody's got opinions about everything and just, wah, 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 wah. And, and so here's the point. It's that you can feel depreciated, decimated, uh, devalued just in a moment of time, but you've, you've leaned into that. Pastor, you saying get off of social media? I actually just got on social media nine months ago. I had never been on it. I just got on faith. Why did I do that? Because we went through the coronavirus thing and church shut down. I didn't have the ability to communicate. So I got on Facebook. I got on Instagram. And, but, but, but I'm very, I'm, I, by the grace of God, I'm trying to be very strategic. I don't want to lean into unnecessary battles to stir things up with individuals just because I'm looking for a fight. Are y'all with me? I'm wondering if we are creating more stress than God wants us to lean into. Are y'all with me? Let me posit that thought. Just consider it. You can't eliminate stress, but you can reduce it. Ooh, it just got quiet in church. <laughs> this is fun. All right, here we go. Everybody say, no, your audience. Number two, I'm talking about managing stress. Not eliminate, managing stress, 2021. Number two, you gotta know your mission. Know your mission. Know what you're trying to accomplish in life. This one may surprise you, but one of the keys to managing stress is knowing your life mission. Jesus said this in John chapter, this is so powerful. I love these words. We've got to live by these words. He said, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. He knew his origination and he knows his destination. He came from heaven and he knew his calling. He says, for I know where I've come from and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from and you do not know where I am going. 
I wrote this down. Jesus knew who he was. He knew his identity, but he knew his calling. He knew his destiny. He knew God's, God the Father's plan for him being there. And you know what I said? We're going to ultimately live by pressure or by priorities. We're going to ultimately live by what other people want us to do, what other people want us to achieve, or by what God. Listen, by the way, uh, there's a big co- kind of a concept in some of you guys in, our, in culture, you know, business literature, know your why. Can I say this? I want everybody to hear me. You've got to know your why. Your why is your purpose. Your, your why is your purpose. Famous writer once said two, two, two great times in a person's life, right? Number one. When they're born, and number two, when they figure out why they were born. What is your why? Because when you know your calling and you know your purpose, can I tell you something? It allows you to say, listen to me, yes to the things that God wants you to be involved with and no to some of the things that God doesn't want you to be involved with. By the way, I, I want to say this. I know it's a bold statement. I don't wake up every day as a frustrated business. I really want to be a business person. I really want to be a I could just do so much. I can make so much. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live every day going, I wish I could be a political leader. They're just a bunch of idiots. If I was in there, I wish I could. I would do a better job. I don't do that. I wake up every day grateful that God's called me to be a pastor. I know my why. And because of that, it allows me to manage the things that God brings into my life. I wonder how much stress, listen, I wonder how much stress is we are bringing into our lives because we're getting out of our lane. Oh man, hold on, because y'all not helping me. That's really good preaching, pastor. That's really good. Really good. You're kind of pressing into my world, pastor. And I'm not suggesting that we disconnect from social and political discourse and from business stuff. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm actually saying lean into your lane, but get out of somebody else's lane. That's what I am saying. I'm excited when I wake up. I'm excited. It doesn't mean that pastoring a church is always easy. Of course it's not. I got to help y'all. Y'all got a lot of problems, just to be honest. We all do. I'm just playing. You got to know your why. You got to know your why. By the way, this week in the small group manual, I talked about knowing your why and knowing your season as well. I don't have time. Remember, I don't, I don't have time to get in. I preach on the weekend. Then, we, then, I, then I, I taught a same topic but different angle. And then in the devotionals, because when you know your why and you know the season that you're in, so important, so important that you understand that. I've got so much to say about this. We are creating stress in our lives that's unnecessary. Know who you're living for, whose approval you're living for, and know your calling. Know your calling. Somebody that's not settled the calling issue always lives what I call an internal incongruency. They're incongruent on the inside. I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. I wish I was really doing this. I wish I was doing that. Know your call and get in your call. Then you wake up and, yeah, excited about it. I love preaching the Bible. I love studying the scripture. I love expanding and reaching the community. I love, it's what God's called me to do, but God's called you to do something. And by the way, my calling is not greater than anybody else's calling. Whatever God's called you to do, it's great in the eyes of the Lord. Everybody say, know your audience. Number two, say, know your mission. I have so much to say about that, but you're going to learn more about that this week in the small group. Number three, Talking about living with less stress in 2021. Stay with me. 
We've got to know when to rest. Yeah. We've got to know when to rest physiologically. We've got to know when to come down emotionally. We've got to know when mentally. We, 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 we need to learn to come, come down. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. Jesus told his disciples and rest a while. It is not weakness to rest. It's actually biblical. On six days, God created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he what? Everybody say it. Rested. Resting doesn't mean that God became passive. It means that he ceased to create on that day, thus being a model for us. We can't output every day. Output, output, output. There's got to be a day where it's just input as well. There's input moments each day, but there's a day for input. It's refueling. It's refueling. By the way, this week I was in Oklahoma City and I spoke at a church and so I was with the pastor. The pastor picked me up after a thing that we did and, and he was bringing me back to my hotel and it was a little ways and, and he's a friend of mine and he picked me up. He has a truck and, uh, and I'm, y'all know I'm a little, can be a little controlling. I've gotten better. I don't know where I am on the spectrum, you know, but he's here. I'm kind of probably just here. And I'm a little hyper analytical on things. I can obsess on things, but I'm getting better on that too. And so I get in the truck and I notice, I'm like, hey, bro, the thing's on, the yellow light's on with your gas. And I knew that we had a, a ways to go. And I'm like, so what's the plan? <laughs> oh, yo, it's at nighttime and it's in Oklahoma. I don't want to be stuck in Oklahoma. <laughs> Just be honest. Love y'all. God bless anybody from Oklahoma. But there's nothing there. <laughs> Are y'all with me? I mean, that's just the bottom line. So, so, so I'm like, like, what's the plan? He goes, oh, there's a gas station, you know. It's, it, I, I, I looked it up, Google it, you know, because we were out. We were always, and he goes, and, and, and so I'm like, okay. So like the whole time, I'm distracted. Because I'm looking at that yellow light. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, okay, do you have like one gallon or two gallons? You know, like what? You know, and he, and he says it's 17 miles to the gas station. I'm like, 17 miles. Now watch this. I'm distracted the whole time. And by the way, he said, I wanted to make sure to get here on time to pick you up. I was going to stop to get gas beforehand. And I thought to myself, why did you decide to torment me instead? In other words, just pick me up five minutes later, but allow me to experience some peace. Can I have an amen? Are you with me? So I'm watching it. I'm glued in the whole time. I'm just like, Wow. May God be my way. I'm not trying to be funny saying this. I'm honest before God. James chapter three says, every word that I say is going to be judged. Don't become a teacher. I got the whole thing. I'm going to say this. We get to the gas station, 17 miles. May God be my witness. And there was yellow tape all around it. And one guy with a truck with his lid up who was fixing it. And there was no gas. I'm in Oklahoma. It's late. It's cold. There's nothing there. There's five deer we saw. Across here. And the guy says, there's a gas station 21 miles that way. I looked at my friend. At this point in time, I'm not thinking Christian thoughts. <laughs> now, I'm not saying them, okay? <laughs> I probably just should have. Jesus said, look, whatever you think he said. So I'm just, I'm going, bro, come on, man. Like, what's up? You know? Now, I just preached a message on being filled with the Holy Spirit, the joy, the peace. I'm like, 
gosh, why did I talk about that? You know what I'm saying? So I'm accountable. And I'm like, bro, 21 miles. Like, like what, what, so what's the plan if we don't make it? He's like, oh, we're going to make it. You know, don't worry about it. You know? And so tell me, so he's, he's a younger brother to me in the Lord. He's a pastor of a great church. He goes, so tell me five things I need to do to win in 2021. I said, that's real easy. Number one, get some dang gas when you pick up the guest preacher. That's real simple. Because I'm, I'm like, at this point in time, I'm going, like, this is not good. We get to the Shell Station. And if anybody, we're coming in north, what's kind of the Edmonton area, that north, I guess, east, whatever, west. I'm not sure, but it's, it's north, way north. And here's the point. You know why it's important to refuel? Because you not only torment yourself, but you torment everybody else around you. By the way, your wife, your husband, your kids, the people on your team at work, they know when you haven't refueled. Are you with me? And they were like, please stop and get gas before you come meet us. You're tormenting everybody in this team meeting today. That's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus says, go to this place and rest a while. By the way, in this week in your manual, in your devotion, I think it's this week or next, I'm going to be talking about the principle of the Sabbath. Pastor, question, is the Sabbath day still to be honored today? I know it was in the Big Ten, the top ten, you know, the Big Ten Commandments. And I want to say resoundingly yes, but I'm going to explain what I believe the scripture is teaching about that, that we've got to build a rhythmic lifestyle where there's, there's Sabbath moments in the morning where we're resting our soul, but there's also a day of the week. And I'll teach you a lot about that. I think it's in the discussion guide this week. All right. Number three. Has anybody learned anything? Yes. All right. One more point. We'll close. I got one minute. Listen, here it is. Everybody say, know your audience. So that, that's a key to living with less stress in 2021. Whose approval are you living for? I am not advocating obnoxious social decor. I'm not, I'm, I care what you guys think about me. I really do. But I don't care ultimately. I've got to care more about what God thinks about me. Does that make sense? You can't be a leader unless you care what people think. But I ultimately have to care what God thinks the most. Does that make sense? Number one, I've got to. Live for the audience of one. Number two, I've got to know my why. I've got to know why God placed me on this earth. Number three, I've got to know when to rest. And let me give you the third and final thing. I've got to know my lifeline. Make the habit. <laughs> You're going to hear this every week. I close with this point. Make the habit of a personal devotional life something that is built into your life. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. By the way, this is all out of the life and ministry of Jesus. Mark 1, 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Pastor, why is it important that Jesus went in the morning? People have asked this before. Should you have your devotional life, your devotional time, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, should it be in the morning or at nighttime? And I said, well, Jesus did it in the morning. And they said, well, we like to do it at night. And I said this respectfully. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little funny. I said, well, if you want to get beat up all day long and then finally check in with headquarters at the end, that's fine. It's up to you. <laughs> I want to say a couple statements and I'm finished. I think the, not A, but the greatest way 
to decompress your soul and to come down. Let me pause. Let me tell you one more thing about stress and let me tie in prayer and I'm done. Here it is. You ready? Here it is. Stress is the gap between your expectations and your current reality. What you want to be, where you want to go, but where you are. And what it takes to get there, do I have the money? Do I have the resource? Do I have the ability? Do I have the options? Oh gosh, is this going to happen? Do I really know? Okay, that's where stress is. So how do I, how do I watch this, how do I, comp- how do I decompress? Because we all have expectations in our life that we're not meeting. How do I decompress? How does my soul decompress? Yeah. The number one way to decompress is prayer. When your soul <laughs> had a guy tell me once, Pastor, I'm so busy. I get up in the morning, boom, first thing I do is I start working and I just start writing things out. I'm just busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And but then he goes, but but the, but then I start locking up and I don't know what to do. And I said, Well, time out. Have you decompressed? Let me just use a different language. Have you decompressed? What do you mean decompressed? Well, God is smarter than us. And and we separate, please stay with me. We separate spirit, soul, and body, but the Bible doesn't. Your body's connected to your soul. Your soul's connected to your spirit. In other words, God designed us to decompress. Psychologists will tell you this. When you're stressed, here's what happens. When you're stressed, there's a release of a hormone in your body. You know what that hormone's called? Adrenaline. You know what adrenaline does? It gives you an artificial surge to rise up to meet a deadline. Here's the problem. If you live on that, you start having gastro problems. All the stuff in your stomach. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Then the next thing that happens, it actually shuts down your higher critical thinking skills, which actually means you don't even have the strategy and the mental fortitude to think through right solutions. That's why when you decompress and you spend time with God in the morning, it's not just helpful for your spiritual life, it's helpful for your mental life and your emotional life. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, Jesus said, let's come up, let's come over here. Let's spend time with the Father. Let's check in with headquarters. And I'll bring a pen. Spending time with God. God will speak to me. Watch this. My soul is relaxing. My emotions are coming down. Yeah. Guess what's coming up? Creativity's coming up. Solutions are coming up. God's voice is coming up. Oh, man. I can't eliminate this, but I can lower it. And now I'm thinking my thoughts are clear. My mind is clear. My heart is, oh, yeah, I can see it. If you even take God out of it, which I don't, Psychologists will tell you that's why meditation is so important, even without God, because physiologically, it still lowers your stress and it allows you to think. But we as Christians have the God component and the voice of God component. We're not just dealing with this. We're dealing with this as well. Oh, beloved, I cannot beg you enough in 2021 as your pastor Anything that I could do, I would stand on my head. Please develop a devotional life five minutes a day. Please have your Bible. Please, I beg of you. Because if you do, oh man, you're going to lower stress in 2021. And you're going to increase creativity in the presence of God. God's clarity of thought. You're going to know your why. 
You're going to know what your purpose is. You're going to achieve what God calls you to achieve. You're going to do what God calls you. You're going to be what God's called you to be. Come on, y'all receive that word? I want everybody to stand. This week, jump into those groups. Jump on online. Get your devotional. Pick it up free on the way out, all the campuses. Layer upon layer, line upon line. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, bless your people. Lord, bless them in their endeavor too. We can't eliminate stress, but we can manage it. We can lower it. As we know who we're living for. We're living for your approval. As we know our why. As when we know and rest. We know our lifeline is hearing the voice of God and quieting our soul. Lord, bless your people. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing upon their life in 2021. Fresh favor of God. Lord, I sense your presence, your momentum in the hearts of your people. You're growing them. You're equipping them. Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon us in this journey. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can we do that? We love you guys. Have a great day. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Well, guys. Another great message as we finish part three of our Not Okay series. And I just want to continue to encourage you in this. If you haven't joined a small group, jump into a small group. If you haven't gotten a daily guide and you're not reading daily the encouraging words so you can continue to grow in your relationship with God, get a daily guide. All you need to do is text the words not okay to the number 822822. You'll find all the information that you need right there. And as always, I want to let you know that we're here for you guys, not just during the weekend services, but during the week as well. So if you have any prayer requests or you need to talk with one of our pastors, please, you can email us at online at churchofthekingcom or just give us a call at the church offices, 985 985- 727-7017. My prayer for you is that you would walk in the great purpose that God has for you and you would continue to grow in your relationship with him. So have a great week. I can't wait to be with you again next week at church.